There's something special in doing an activity that generation upon generation of human beings, your ancestors would have done, sharing that exact same experience. It's all fun snapchatting each other our newly waxed genitalia or showing off your new hemorrhoid over Skype, but these apps haven't been around for thousands of years. The unique experience and sensation of submerging yourself underwater in the ocean like a giant flabby starfish and gliding around under the melted ice sheet floating through the aqua. That experience has been the same for hundreds of thousands of years. You share that exact same experience with your ancestors going back that far, like a moist handshake through time. What would have been running through the minds of your ancestors as they submerged themselves in the ocean thousands of years ago? I imagine the majority would have something to do with hoping to survive the winter and eating broth, which as we all know, broth is the most ancient, versatile and timeless meal known to humanity. It's so vague and hearty. One would presume it was a staple for both the Night's Watch and the White Walkers. I shan't hold the wall without a belly full of broth, Jon Snow. How many times do I have to tell you? Fill your bowl before the Grand Maester comes. Scrolls. I'm from a coastal town in Scotland that has castle ruins on the beach. And the water is so cold you would immediately become infertile if you went in up to your waist. Well, for my generation anyway. I'm sure a couple of thousand years ago, the local Damnoni tribe of Scottish Celts would be complaining that the water wasn't cold enough. Their pasty white, aluminous bodies emerging out of the freezing cold water, just one big ginger beard, their skin blue, looking like Dr. Manhattan after a filthy stag night, casually vomiting so much broth into the waist-deep water, it's formed a chunky hula hoop around them. This water's roasting, my boy. Get me another bucket of snow. I'll not be pleased until my heart freezes twice over. <coughs> my penis is yet to retract into my musty pubic hair. <coughs> more whiskey and more snow, more buckets of snow. Isn't it strange that H2O, that specific compound, is the only thing that makes you truly feel clean. You can't cover your body in any other substance and feel clean. Maybe hand sanitizer, but then again, who would want to smell like Mariah Carey's undercarriage? You could have been sprayed with chicken blood, had bare intestines hanging around your neck, vaguely resembling Run DMC's Cuban rope chains, looking like Mr. T but more fleshy, up in the abattoir pitying the fool. But one steaming hot shower, and you're good to go, you're clean again. 
one bath each evening and your employment could involve warming the entirety of your arm, the full length of it, up a cow as a veterinarian. You could work as a proctologist, studying disorders of the rectum, anus and colon, nine to six, five days a week. Every conference you attend is about anus. How much were the tickets to this year's anus conference, John? Really? That's more than last year. I hope there's more in-depth breakdowns about anus this time round or I'm going to be furious at that price tag. But you get home, you strip off, in the bath, and it's all good, player. You're up bright and early the next day, fresh as a daisy, ready to change people's lives for the better via their anus. Just fully embracing the anus chat, having another fulfilling day in proctology. Time to open the shower after that, don't you think? Amphibians have been flying under the radar for quite some time now, and it's about time they got some abuse. Because they're living a double luxury life and no one's paying attention. They can live on land and in the water. If humans were amphibious, you could sleep in a bed or underwater in the flipping bath. What would be more luxurious than sleeping underwater in a hot bath for eight hours a night? Imagine the womb-like slumber that would be achieved. You could drop crazy farts and not have to smell them. Let all the land dwellers inhale your essence. Sniff that. As an amphibious human, you could party every night. Ain't no dehydration happening in a womb-like slumber. Are you crazy? You might as well be a little guild fetus. A partially translucent jelly baby sweet dipped in a eucalyptus glaze. When you arise, it is with a skip in your step. You're floating on dripping clouds, your lily pad loco. What are you going to do today with that relaxed, fresh face gleam? You've obviously had a great night's sleep. Can you believe that for some people, the answer to that question for 40 years straight is not learn how to swim? How can you be 40 and not know how to swim? How can you sit in a bath knowing that if you were in 40 baths full of water, you'd be unable to keep yourself afloat for over a minute before submitting to the wet god Poseidon and taking a place on his slippery butt gallery? How can you not learn a life skill and just go to work like a normal human being? There's an IT genius out there somewhere capable of setting up complex home security systems, laser tripwires and shit, coding and shit. But that don't mean nothing if you die falling into your neighbour's swimming pool fetching your daughter's Disney branded beach ball. You'd wish that fucking pool was frozen. You'd wish you fucking tangled your leg on a fucking hose and pulled yourself back out. Infuriating. I can tell you what activity I would love to see that non-swimmer on. And this is 100% a real business. They could go on a jet ski tour of crocodile infested waters. You stand on the back of a jet ski, maybe 10 inches out of the water, and they drive around in crocodile infested waters. I'm sure that we can all agree that there's an element of danger to that. I take it you can't wear inflatable chainmail. I wouldn't really count being on the back of a jet ski as being out of the water. You're only about the distance of Marty McFly's hoverboard from cold, hard reality 
3,700 pounds of snapping shut pressure, or as I like to call it, the clap. Say you slip off the back of the jet ski into the murky and sporadically occupied waters and the tour operator frantically calls for you to come back to the jet ski, there's a 14 footer right near you. Swim to the jet ski, get here quick. No, I simply can't do it. Alas, I never learned how to swim, sir. So tell my wife and the triplets that I love them, but skip the details of how my flesh and muscle were twisted and gouged from my limp limbs which loosely housed recently snapped bone marrow. And skip mentioning my spinal column resisting the jaws snapping shut like a vegan turd resisting a war-tested machete imported straight from the Congo jungle. If only I hadn't removed those radical armbands from my Amazon shopping cart, I could have been seasoned in the moist craft of swimming for survival. I taught my children to put on their seatbelt every car journey, but I did not teach myself how to swim. While it may be highly unlikely that a croc would jump out of the water and drag you off the back of a jet ski, when experts say something like that, you forget that there's always a first. You're not just born knowing how to sniper a motherfucker. Generations of ancestors experimenting with new hunting techniques and minuscule technological advances over multiple tribal lifetimes led to a frog poison dart being spat at an unsuspecting monkey. Along the line, you get snipers. For a species to evolve, there has to be one individual that tries something for the first time before it's shown to be rewarding and adopted by the group. About once upon a time, experts thought that crocs can't leap vertically out of the water until one of them needlessly lost both shin bones mockingly gallivanting with a cocktail hovering above an upwardly lunging croc. When I visited a crocodile sanctuary on Green Island in the Great Barrier Reef, there's all these tribal artworks that had been brought from Indonesia that show remote villagers' relationship with one of the most dangerous predators uh, sharing their environment. Pretty dark and terrifying. In saying that, I did jump into a lake in the Atherton Tablelands with a depth of 80 feet at the centre of this lake that 100% had a crocodile in it. There were signs stating there's a crocodile living there and everything. In retrospect, I don't know what I find scarier, the croc or swimming in water that's 80 feet deep. Because with depths as deep as that, I feel that nature just invents new shit to occupy it and wreck people's fun. Another new freak species to give everyone nightmares, 9,000 teeth, a beaked phallus and a vice-like grip with its claws. Terrifying. Unless in a hentai scenario, where this aquatic beast would be mildly erotic and probably a bestseller. I jumped into that 80 feet deep, friendly crocodile water, not through bravery, but because I'd paid good bloody money for the excursion, so if anyone's going to die, I want to be part of it. Once I was in the water, it was 
actually quite nice. Although populated periodically by my frantically darting eyes, skimming across the water, searching for those eyes peering back at me, freaking out every time something touched my leg, but pretending that everything was honky-dory, just arguing with myself in my own head. Relax, enjoy, you're a moron. You're gonna be one of those news stories where an old, half-drunk local man gets interviewed about it just shaking his head in high-vis in a battered hat. It was clearly signposted, a crocodile lives here. What sort of dickhead swims with crocs? The interview goes viral, he becomes a YouTube sensation, 4 million views, people are buying pints of beer for him, and you missed out on all of this because you're the dead dickhead from the news story. You may even become the regional statistic that stereotypes your country's population. There were two German siblings on the same trip to the Atherton Tablelands that I was on, and we weren't in the water for five minutes before the tour operator states that German people are eaten more than everybody else. Most fatal attacks, German people. But you can understand the preference. Why clamp down on someone that has a rice and vegetable heavy diet when you could cut straight through a bratwurst and clamp down in a ham hock? Seems straightforward, doesn't it? The only other aquatic death I can pick off the top of my head as coming close to that is the story of some employees at the Yellowstone National Park that went for a boozed up midnight hot pot party where they jump into those natural hot spring craters that are scattered all over Yellowstone like a well-acneed butt cheek. Only one of the employees jumped into the wrong hot spring crater and well, he may as well have just jumped into that classic toffee textured Dante's Peak 300 degrees Celsius angry lava. He died instantly. Just Terminator 2 the fuck out of existence. Peace! But let's get back to the positives of this aquatic life. I'm very fortunate to now live in Geelong, Australia and there's some fine swimming beaches close by. If you're so inclined to pull the surfboard out, the surf course right there. Just lather your folds in sunscreen until you feel sexy. That 1976 Tom Jones hitting the heavy bag, allegedly both drunk and high, in a pair of white speedos kind of sexy. Then get subaquatic. Make the most of all the time submerged, removed from the zeitgeist. Just you all up in Gaia. But remember to stay sun safe because the sun's UV rays, much like a billionaire sex pest with a fetish for mermaids, not even six feet of water can prevent penetration. Bear that in mind. Cheers. <laughs>